Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight, and today it's just me and you. Unfortunately, Andrew is very sick, he's under the weather, and so I thought, look, we won't make him record today. But what this allows me to do is test out a new episode format that I've wanted to do for a while, and it comes off the back of the Reserve Bank's most recent monetary policy statement. And let me tell you, it was a banger. It was so interesting. And what I thought I'd do, rather than you having to listen to my voice for 12 minutes or so, is I've chopped out the best bits from the press conference and I'm going to play them for you and we're going to have a little bit of a chat around it because it was so interesting. And I realise that there's been a lot written about it and staff for the New Zealand Herald, but remember there's only so much that a journalist can capture within six to eight hundred words. And there are some really interesting nuances that I really think that you will find very, very interesting. Now, I would summarise the whole meeting or the press conference and the monetary policy statement as a mandate meeting about six times throughout the press conference, and you will hear this as well, Adrian or the Reserve Bank Governor continually came back to what the Reserve Bank is there for and what the Reserve Bank is not there for. And this is where there was some contention with the journalists. There's a bit of a heat in the room, which you'll hear. Now, what do I mean by their mandate? Well, there are three real things that the Reserve Bank is there to do. It's there, first of all, to keep consumer price inflation at a low and sustainable level, we're talking between 1% and 3% CPI inflation. It's there to keep employment at its maximum sustainable level. So trying to keep employment really, really high. And it's there to make sure that there is financial stability. Now, the three main programs that were announced and talked about within this monetary policy statement come back to all three of these. The first thing that I want to talk to you about, though, is how much house prices were actually mentioned within that press conference because just a few days prior to that, the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand uh, was talking about how high house prices are. If you compare the, the median house price in October 2020 compared to October 2019, it's increased by $120,000. It's gone from 605k up to 725k. But the most important thing to remember is that house prices are not in the Reserve Bank's mandate. Here's Adrian Orr. The other part of why we talk a lot about employment is because it really matters. And all I ever read about with monetary policy is house prices. Yet that's not our mandate. And so the interesting thing there is he's saying, look, what I am trying to do with the programs that I am introducing is to get employment up to its maximum sustainable level. Remember, we took a 12% hit to GDP year on year in the second quarter of the year. And what that means is Adrian Orr is having to respond as part of his mandate is to heat up the economy and get activity going. Now, perhaps a flow on effect from that is that asset prices are increasing as they are all over the world. What he's saying here is that may be true, but that's not the thing that I'm necessarily concerned about. I've got to fulfil the mandate, which is to get inflation going and to get the economy back into full employment because, as he said... The other part of why we talk a lot about employment is because it really matters. Because employment matters, and that is the key thing he's trying to get across there, even though perhaps... High house prices might make better headlines. Here's Adrian Orr again. Reports on house prices versus unemployment, um, which is fascinating for newspaper clips and uh, clickbait, but it's not in our mandate. 
our mandate is inflation, consumer price and employment. And that's why I call it a mandate meeting because this continually came up and came up again. Now you may recall a little while ago that Andrew brought up the fact that Cameron Bagri, the former ANZ economist, was talking about how Adrian Orr was using a kitchen sink mentality, throwing everything to get employment and inflation up, and Cameron was worried about those externalities. Now, what's really important to remember is how under the mandate the Reserve Bank already is. So they are aiming for CPI, consumer price inflation, of between 1% and 3%, aiming for the midpoint of trying to get to 2% inflation. It's currently at about 1.5%. Of course, we just said employment is so far down, they're trying to get that back up. And the key thing that Adrian Orr is saying is, well, I'm trying to get it back up and do my job, the thing that in law it says I've got to do. And so I am taking a significant and active approach. Here's Adrian Orr again. Uh, not on purpose, but if it was going to be an error made, uh, it would be higher than otherwise inflation as opposed to the alternative. So what he's saying there is, look, if we do make a mistake, I would rather go over, I'd rather inflation be 2.5% or 3% in order to get the economy humming again and to get employment up because employment matters. One of the major things that were talked about, and you will have heard it, I hope, is the new funding for lending scheme. And the way this works is the Reserve Bank is going to lend money all up. They've allocated up to $28 billion, and they are going to lend it at very, very cheap rates to the commercial banks. And the reason they're doing this is they are trying to bring interest rates even further down. And so they're going to lend very, very cheaply to the banks. So the banks no longer have to worry as much about term deposits and other sources of lending so that they can pass that on. And the Reserve Bank is going to be monitoring the commercial banks to make sure that that is done. Now, here's Adrian Orr talking about how far he expects those interest rates are going to come down. So we think it's a significant impact. We hope it is as big as possible, i.e. that the banks actually follow through and deliver on uh, lower interest rates. So he's saying there that we are expecting interest rates, quote, as low as possible. He wants those passed on. And what's often missed with some of the articles that I'm reading is they often talk about the wealth effect to try and stimulate economic activity. And what I mean by this is that most people are thinking, well, Adrian Orr is trying to increase house prices so that people feel wealthier, so that they then go and spend more, whether that's through renovations or spa pools or making an aspirational purchase. He wants people to spend more because they feel wealthier. Well, that may be part of it, but there's another effect that most people are not thinking about, which is the fact that more homeowners are going to have more money as they roll off their mortgage. So I just want to take you through an example of what I mean. So let's say that you've got a 500k mortgage and it's on a 20 year term. Now if you're currently fixed at 4%, which is very, very low historically, you are going to be making weekly payments of $699. Now let's say you roll off that and by the time the funding for lending program is fully implemented, let's say you can refix at 2%. Your weekly repayment is now $583. So that's a saving of $116 per week. So one of the reasons that Adrian Orr is bringing down those interest rates, yes, is to make people feel wealthier if house prices increase a little bit. It is also to make funding cheaper for businesses so they can go and borrow more. But if people's mortgages are relatively cheaper 
and everybody's walking around with an extra $116 per week in their pocket because their expenses have decreased, that is going to put a lot more money into people's pockets which they're then able to go and spend and that's going to have that stimulatory economic impact. And the other thing that I'd just say and I'll talk about whether I think this is disingenuous or not in a second but Adrian Orr actually talked about that perhaps interest rates aren't the primary thing driving house prices at the moment. Here's Adrian all talking about the Productivity Commission. The New Zealand Productivity Commission's study, which sounds quite dated now, um, way back in the 20-teens, um, noted that of the 10 things that were most driving um, these behaviours, the level of interest rates weren't mentioned. So there are so many other factors going on um, around which we all talk about, and none of them are here in the Reserve Bank. So what Adrian Orr is really talking about there is, look, I can control interest rates according to the Productivity Commission, and this study, by the way, was back in 2012. I've downloaded the report. It's over 320 pages. I'll read it, summarise it, and we'll talk about this in a future episode. But what he's saying is there are so many different factors that influence house prices it's not just me. And I realise that most people or some people might be thinking, well, he's just pointing the finger at somebody else. But in many cases, he's got a point. If supply of houses was plentiful, then it doesn't matter how low interest rates go, then you're not going to have house price inflation. The other thing that you will have heard of is the LVRs coming back in. And this is going to happen in March. Now, it's quite funny because Andrew and I just recorded a podcast not long ago talking about that would think they'd come back in in May. So they're coming in two months earlier. Now, what's important to remember is that they are just consulting on it at the moment. But we all know what that really means. They're coming back in. Now, in tomorrow's episode, we're probably going to talk specifically about the LVRs how they're coming in, what it means and what we're expecting to see through those. So I won't talk too much about that. But what is really important to note is that at least publicly, Adrian Orr is not saying I am doing this to fiddle with house prices. I just want to play you a little clip with an interchange with a journalist that was really fascinating. I know it's sort of similar questions have been asked before, but um, at what point does house price inflation compromise financial stability? Can I, can I say that it's not house price inflation. It is the amount and level proportion of high risk loans that we are concerned about. High-risk loans are the ones where you are very leveraged and you might have a small shift in your employment status, your household income status, the interest rate or the price that you're paying, and you suddenly can't afford that. And that could happen if whole of unemployment rises and it happens across a broad swathe of homes who are highly leveraged. It's at that point you have a financial stability concern. I can't tell you what house price that is. So at least publicly, the Reserve Bank is saying, look, the reason we're bringing these in is not necessarily to quell house house price inflation. That's not in our mandate. But we are bringing them in because we are concerned that if investors go out and purchase a whole heap of properties with not enough equity, if something changes, that makes them more vulnerable. Now, you might say, well, why is it then being only put on investors as opposed to first home buyers? Because first home buyers can go out and purchase homes and be highly leveraged. Owner occupiers are still going to be able to borrow up to 80% of the purchase price of a new property that they go out and buy. So they're going to be able to leverage up more than investors. 
And the reason that the Reserve Bank would do this is, generally speaking, an investor owns more than one property. And so if you are exposed to a lot of debt, a lot of bank lending, then if the tides turn against you in terms of employment or your income situation or the value of those houses or those assets, that's when financial stability can start to become a bit of an issue if an investor is defaulting on the mortgages on multiple properties. So because the scale of investors is larger, that's why a more prudent approach may be more appropriate. So just to recap those three things that were announced, there was the large-scale asset purchasing program. So we've talked about that before. They've announced they're continuing that. And then we had the funding for lending scheme being introduced. Now we're going to monitor this pretty carefully. We will expect there to be a flow on into interest rates. Now those two programs, the LSAP and the funding for lending, is all about increasing inflation and increasing employment. Those are the first two parts of the Reserve Bank's mandate. The consultation for LVRs, are also starting and that is about the financial stability part, specifically they're worrying about the risk of default on high LVR loans. So again they're saying it's not house prices that we're trying to curb necessarily even though that may be part of it but we are really concerned about the risk of a default on a highly leveraged loan and I think that that's really important to keep in mind as you go out and read more about what the Reserve Bank is doing. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And hey, if you liked this episode format when we're playing other clips, then let me know. Send us a text. Our number is 5522. Because if you like these sorts of episodes, then Andrew and I will get in a room and we'll record more of these. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight, and we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.